Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and today we're talking about the 6-3 defeat away to Manchester City in the Premier League. Manchester City 6, Manchester United 3. Um, there's a few kind of glaringly obvious points uh, for me to go over and to discuss. There's also um, some other things for me to, to talk about in this discussion. Um, I don't think I'll be doing a breakdown of every single goal because it was just goal after goal and that that there, there started to not be as much to analyse. Um I wanna say something about one of the particular goals. Um I can kinda of talk about the the few that we got, but sometimes it gets to a point in these reviews, uh these match reviews where whether it's we score five, six, seven, eight, nine, which we have in some games, scored four, five or six goals. Um and, you know, you start to kind of forget individually about the goals and you just kind of look at the, the overall performance. So it won't, this won't really be a deep dive on these specific goals, but more just a talk of, you know, a match review and a kind of what what is different between us and City, why this actually happened. Um, there's two glaringly obvious reasons to me as to why this happened. Um, and before anybody says, oh, we are just bad, I think you've got to look more at it than just, oh, we're bad, and it's as, it's not as black and white as that, is it? Um, what, one thing that kind of clicked in my mind, maybe 30, 40, 50 minutes into this game, which was, we have to remember, and this, neither, neither of the two things I'm going to mention are an excuse, there's no excuses for losing a Derby 6-3. Or any game of football, there's no excuse for really anything. You just have to try harder, work harder, play better football, and be more clinical and defend better. You know the the basics of football. Um, and the two things I usually mention, which is more supportive runs, and more pass and move, two areas which again we we lacked in today. But those aren't either of the points I was going to mention. Um, the one point which we have to kind of remember, um, and this isn't a factual thing, but it's a visual aspect, I suppose. This is a Manchester City team that has been, in in England at least, obviously they haven't won a Champions League yet, have been very dominant. They've won a number of Carabao Cups, they've won a number of Premier Leagues, they've won a few FA Cups here and there. They've been very dominant in the last, what, 10 years, since you know pretty much post-Fergie. I know obviously they got their first league title in 2012, that was a different manager and a bit, a bit of a different time. Then we have more, one more sort of bounce back gear, and then City kind of just have taken over since then. Because um, they've won, what, six, seven league, pre- like Premier League titles now? I think it's six or seven. Um, so, and we haven't really won, won any since then. Uh, we have to remember that that there's two kind of elements. To me, there's there's two main elements to me when it comes to a football team. The manager and how they want to play football. You know, what sort of tactics set up, are you pressing, how high is your line, and, and that kind of stuff. And then, okay, once you've got the idea of, okay, this is how I want to play football, have you got the players that fit that? When it comes to Pep Guardiola's Man City team, they've nailed that to a T. You can very clearly see that by the way that they move the ball. And I've spoken a little bit about this with Man City before, because this isn't a new thing. Um... They know all of those players on that pitch, whether it's the defenders, goalkeepers, strikers, midfielders, they know who they're going to pass to before they do it, and they do it as if it's... You know like when you're playing a video game, 
um, and you're playing a game that you've been playing for a long time, like like a Call of Duty to me, right? I don't need to look at the controller. I don't need to feel around for the buttons. I know what to press, when to press it. I might still, you know, get shot and die in the game. But um, things like, like I've been playing the Call of Duty game I've been playing now for about, for, for almost three years. I know the corners of the maps. I know where players usually go. I, I know the routes and the routines and what guns to use on what maps and what, what works with what, but for the most part and that type of stuff. There's players out there that are better, better than me and there will be times that I lose and get killed. Same thing comparable to Man City. They will concede goals. They will lose some games. But overall, they know what they they know what they're doing. They have that muscle memory, and this is like football muscle memory, which is a bit different. But they know. Okay, let's say Foden's going to go this way. Grealish is going to go that way. They're going to pass to each other or do whatever. Cross into Haaland and score a goal. And they know how to do it before they've done it. And even though it shouldn't be, it's from a footballing perspective it is interesting to watch because I like to see good football preferably from my own team but it is still kind of very interesting to watch um just in terms of watching football get you know pulled off and that type of stuff so you have that aspect with the Man City thing which is they know exactly how they want to play Pep knows which players he wants he's got he's had his squad assembled for some time now um, there's going to be changes, like you sell Sterling and you bring in Haaland, little little changes here and there. We'll say little change, Haaland's made a massive, massive change. Um, but with the Man United team, Ten Hag knows how he wants to play. He's got some of those players, like Anthony and Casemiro and some of these, you know, Martinez, some of these other players. But it's this isn't the Man United team that, because we've seen bits of Ten Hag's football, we've seen bits of, like, you know, games that we've won, good, good things... But we're not even like halfway to that point. Man, Man City are already, they've already done that section. Which is, okay, let's learn how to play Pep Guardiola's football. Okay, we've done it. We've got the full squad that we need. They've gone on and won league titles. And granted, you know, last three years we've had Oli and we've had a bit of Carrick and we've had Ragnick coming in and tossing and turning the different players and it, it, it's been a bit messy. Um, but Ten Hag has been kind of the most promising of them, but he still doesn't have the team that he wants. Pep Guardiola does. That's not an excuse. We can still beat Manchester City um, simply by scoring more goals than them. We didn't do that today, but that's that's kind of one of the main. Like, if, if, literally, if you watch this specific game, you watch the way that we move the ball around, and you watch the way that they move the ball around. It's just you. You can see, like, okay, Man City just knew how to how to play against us today, um, and they are kind of the the finished article. They're not the greatest Premier League side ever, or you know, whatever, but. They're one of the best teams in the world at the moment, certainly. Um, it's it's that fast, fluid attacking football. It's again, I don't want it, not not in this game, but it's it is very good to watch because it's entertaining football. Because um, what Man City have essentially done this season is said, okay, we had like Gabriel Jesus, and obviously Aguero went to Barcelona and all that type of stuff. Jesus was on the way out, went over to Arsenal, was doing well at Arsenal. You have this free-flowing, fluid football from Man City where it's like... Because even during this game, you saw like, okay, Foden, one minute he's in the middle, one minute he's on the right, one minute he's on the left. De Bruyne's going middle, left, right, and and they're swapping over and they're changing, they're doing this fluid football. You've now got that centrepiece, that target man, which is Haaland. And Haaland, at certain points, will go to the left, he will go to the right, he'll go middle, he'll do inverted runs, um, runs from the left and the right. He, he'll move around. But they've got that centerpiece now, and it's clearly worked because Haaland, I think I looked earlier, eight games gone, he's got 14 goals. 
in the league. So, uh, but in terms of the Man United side of stuff, because that was just my analysis of the Man City thing, um, and I don't always analyse, you know, the other teams and stuff, but there's just there's just a very clear thing that Man City are doing and what Man City have achieved, um, and they've they've done it well. Um, granted, they've thrown a lot of money to do it, but it's worked out. So, um, they'll probably win the league again this year. I don't want to keep seeing Man City win the league because you know we don't want them to get too many Premier Leagues. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want them to win four leagues in a row either, because Sir Alex Ferguson's record is three. I think he did it twice or three times, which is three league titles in a row. I think he did that three times. Maybe it was two. Maybe it was three. Um, but we don't want to see obviously Pep overtake that. But we don't want to see Liverpool win the league. So who else is gonna? It is gonna do that. Maybe Arsenal. Maybe they are actually still top of the league. Man City aren't. So, but again, that makes Premier League football very interesting. Um, in terms of Man United stuff, um, I don't think we worked hard enough today. Um, I think Man City did. Because, yeah, the, the two things I said, like, of the very noticeable things is Man City, a very organised, well-drawn team. We didn't work hard enough to stop them as a team. Um, up until maybe Martial came on and did some things and Anthony scored a cracking goal out of nowhere. Um, I don't think anybody had a good game. I felt there was a few players that particularly stood out to me, mainly our midfielders. Um, and again, I have no problem with saying, I, I have no bias with saying that even some of the players that I like in this team, such as Amph I like Anthony, I like uh, Anthony, I like Sancho, I like Rashford. Um, I don't think any of those players played well today, apart from Anthony with the goal. Marshall came on and showed, you know, f threw some questions in for Ten Hag. Um, I like Christian Eriksen. I don't think he played well. I like Martinez. I don't think he played well. Um, I like Varane. I don't think he did well. I like um, players like Malasia. I don't think he did well. Um, the two players I, at the moment, don't like, who I thought had particularly bad games, were McTominay and Bruno. I'm getting very, very tired of the way Bruno plays football. And I was watching Bruno play football today. Um, by the way, I'm not going to be doing player ratings really because it's it's one of them games where you get sort of drubbed over four, five, six goals, and you're like, okay, well, what, what do I give like Varane in this game? What do I give Eriksson in this game? In terms of actual man of the match, I guess you'd either say Martial or Anthony. Maybe Martial. He came on and scored two goals and a very good penalty and made a bit of an impact. That's about the most we can get from that. Because nobody else put in a man of the match performance. Um, I, I, I want to focus a minute on Bruno. I don't want. I don't want to seem like I'm picking on players today. There were. There were two. I think our two worst players today were McTominay and Bruno. Um, I don't think Varane and Martinez had good games. I really like them as a centre back partnership. But what McTominay and Bruno were doing, and your midfield is your most important area. Who we pick for those mid midfield three have got the biggest job, I think, or however many you've got in midfield, but we usually choose three. Don't think Eriksson was good today, um, gave the ball away too many times. But let's, fo let's focus on Bruno for a minute. He came into Man United, 18 months, first 18 months, was scoring goals, scoring a lot of penalties, getting assists, playing really well. I was giving him 8s, 9s, 10s in each game, saying this this guy's really, like, you know, pulling up trees, and he's really, um, he clawed us back into the top four. I don't know what's happened to him. I don't know what's happened to him. Um, I think, 
And again, I don't know why he's doing this, but I can point out I can point out what he's doing, but I can't tell you why because I'm not Bruno Fernandez and I can't tell you why he's doing what he's doing. He's started going to really extreme lengths with the hot potato style football, and he's been doing. I've been noting on these podcasts about. Too many long passes, too many ridiculous long passes, some, sometimes to areas where there are no Man United players. And you think, you didn't used to do that. And there, there were occasions where, okay, he would give the ball away now and again. He is a long passer. He tends to do that. But it's gone in, like, the wrong direction. Because um, every time Bruno gets the ball now in the opposition's half, I think, don't do long pass. Don't do a long pass. Sometimes with his first touch, he'll do a long pass that goes to nobody. But it's gotten to the point where it's not even... And it's a, it's a very, very big thing that's very disruptive for our football. That's why I'm pointing out today. It's not even the case of like, oh, he's noticed, let's say, Rashford's made a run down the left and he's trying to ping it over there. Because at least sometimes, sometimes, you know, he'll ping the ball over, the camera will follow the ball, you go, okay, okay who's he passed that to? And you'll at least see a Man United player in the area where the ball's landed. It might not reach that player or the other the other team might intercept it. But at least with that you can see, okay, he's spotted that player and he's tried to make a pass. Probably still shouldn't have done it, but at least he's spotted a player. It's, get, it's becoming more of a regular occurrence. And this is just a simple fact of like you're just giving the ball away. like, And that's why it's so damaging because giving the ball away is a bad thing to do in football. Because then you shift the momentum. Especially when you're playing against Manchester City, they will capitalise on that, which they did. Um, so that's why it's, it's become a bigger, bigger problem. I think um, he started making these long passes to areas, and the camera will sort of pan itself over to that area, and there won't be a Man United player where the ball has landed. Nobody within like five yards of it, and you just think okay what what is it that's made you start doing that and this happened before tenag took over this happened i think this started happening when did, when did this start happening maybe towards the end of the Oli era when granted things really started falling apart but he continued it throughout the whole ralph era um and he's still doing it now i don't know why he's doing things like that because when you're making long passes like that us as fans sometimes, and I've seen like you know videos of other fans watching games and things like that. And the question, the question from everybody will pop up, the very simple question: Who were you trying to pass to? Because whether it's a short pass, long pass, or a one-two, when a player has the ball, you surely have to okay look up maybe, or you you know your teammates next to you. You should at bare minimum have the idea of okay, I'm going to pass this ball to this player. But when you're kicking the ball long like that, and I'm talking like across the pitch, and there's no Man United player anywhere near the ball, what was your idea? What were you trying to figure out to do? Who were you passing to? Who? Um, And even... Because you can pass sort of in front of somebody, right? So, so let's say Rashford's making a run, or somebody's making a run. And you want to make that swooping long pass. It doesn't have to be to a player's feet. You can make a pass into an area for a play, player to run onto. But you, when he's making those sorts of passes, I don't see like, oh, there's Malasia or there's Central, there's Rashford. Like, oh, they come into the screen and they're trying to run onto the ball and it just goes out of play. I'm not even seeing any sort of like 
players run onto those sort of passes. And I'm point, I'm putting such a highlight on it because it's getting worse. It's getting worse and worse. And all it results in is, okay, we temporarily have the control in midfield because one of our midfielders has got the ball. And then you're just booting it away. Um, Ten Hag's got to figure out what's what's going on there. Me personally, and I've been saying this for for a few weeks now, I think he's just got to drop him. Um, because one of the, one of the bad things you can do when you've got players who are out of form, and I think Bruno's been out of form for a long time. So has players like McTominay. So has obviously Maguire. Maguire's been dropped. There's other players that have been a bit out of form. Um, Bruno's one of them. Rashford was one of them for 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 a time, I suppose. Um, you have to drop that player because, and we saw it in um, Maguire is a great example because. Tenog dropped him for those four games. Southgate called him up. There's nothing Tenog can do about that. It's a completely different team. S- Southgate calls up Maguire. He's been dropped by Man United. Gets put back into the England team, and he makes the same mistakes. You've got to drop a player for that period of time. Um, one thing I would like to see Tenog do is use Bruno as a bench option. There is nothing wrong with putting. I mean, we put Martial on the bench today. Brought him on. Made an impact. That's good. That's a good thing. It's not good what the result was, but it worked out. He came on. You you saw how much energy and how much just... It, Marshall looked like he wanted to kind of prove something, right? And he went on, he scored, was it two goals, the header and the penalty? Um, He had that bit, you could see a bit of that determination about him. I think we have to do the same thing with Bruno. Um, For Maguire, I don't think he should be brought back into this team because the way that Ten Hag wants to play football, I don't think Maguire can actually function in that system. Bruno Fernandes can if he if if he just tweaks his game slightly. If he just tweaks his game, um, the other midfielder I thought had a really bad game was McTominay, just giving the ball away countless times. Um, was at fault for a couple. Was one of the participants at fault for a couple of the goals? Um. Because although McTominay, and I've been saying, you know, I've not been giving McTominay zeros, I've been giving him sort of sixes, you know, a- average scores, not lighting the world on fire, but better performances. Um, he just went back to his old self today. But this was an interesting, this was an interesting test for somebody like McTominay because he looked and he thought, okay, what, well, who have we played? Arsenal, who are a pretty good team. Liverpool, who aren't at the races at the moment. What was it? Uh, Leicester. Who's the other team that we beat one there? Was it like Southampton or somebody? Somebody, somebody like that. And in those four games, McTominay played better. But you look at that and you think, okay, Liverpool off form, Arsenal pretty good. There's a, there's a surprise result. Leicester really not doing well at the moment. Where's the test going to come in, right? And Liverpool we thought was going to be a bigger test, but Liverpool not at the races um, at the moment. And Man City is the test. And McTominay today, as well as other players, McTominay today failed that test, I think, certainly. Um... But again, we have we have to look at this in a realistic way, like, because I mean, you look back, was it six weeks ago or so now? Were we expecting to beat Liverpool? No, I was not expecting us to beat Liverpool, because you have to look at things realistically. I want Man United to beat everybody, but sometimes you have to look at a team and think, can we beat this team? But Liverpool have, I don't know what's happened to Liverpool. It's glorious to see, but I don't know what's happened to Liverpool. But then. You think, okay, Leicester, you beat, you know, you're beating teams like that. Sheriff Harris, Paul, okay, good result and and that sort of thing. Um, but this this was the test. This was the test, and some of them have failed. Um, the test today, but um, yeah, I just I I just think 
Okay, yeah, it's disappointing. Six goals, there's a lot of goals to let in. Bit of odd fight towards the end, though. So, sort of from the hour mark, we started to... I think the game changed a bit, honestly, when Martial came on. Which, again, is what you want to happen. You want to play better when the subs get on, because you want them to make an impact. And Martial did do that. Um, but, yeah, again, we have to look at this realistically. Of, okay, were we actually expecting to beat Manchester City? And... I don't know. I thought the game was going to be closer. But, um... I guess Erling Haaland plays for them now, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? I have to say, you know, credit to Man City. They clearly are an incredibly well-drilled team. Um, credit to Erling Haaland. You know, you don't you don't score 14 goals in 8 games by accident. You know, he's clearly doing an incredible job, so... Credit to Haaland. Credit to City. Um... You don't like to see it, but you know you have to sit back and you have to admit, um, they 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 turned us over today, and it's not a nice thing, but you have to be honest. You have to be honest, don't you? So, um, yeah. What should we do now? Uh, let's still go through the summary. Um, talk about some of the goals. Talk about the substitutions as well. Um. Yeah, well, yeah, let's take a break now, and then, because I'm not going to do player ratings, I've, I've already pointed out, like, I think the two worst players today were McTominay and Bruno, just because the, the way they were giving the ball away, they are both doing different problematic things, um, but I don't think the front three was good, um, I don't, I, I spoke earlier about hard work, I don't think we pressed them enough today, you saw, like, Sancho gets on the ball, Anthony gets on the ball, Rashford gets on the ball, Man City straight away two players over to them. That's that that's pressing. Um and you could kinda see, you know, as much as I again love Sancho and Rashford and Anthony and they're all great players and all that sort of stuff. Um and it happened with other players as well, not not just those three. But usually when we got the ball back it was two city players straight in on whoever we had. Um again it's tactics, it's training, it's uh, I don't imagine Pep has to remind them to do that. They probably just know to do it because again you're talking about players like De Bruyne and Gundogan and who's our other midfielder today um obviously got like Foden and Graylish um best footballer I've seen Graylish play by the way I still think he's a wildly overrated footballer and he's not worth 100 million but he he uh outdid the low today so there's that but um yeah I I just think Man City rattled us a bit today and I think you know we got the ball they started pressing us we didn't really know what to do we looked very panicked on the ball um but we have to take it on the chin and we have to learn from it um Tenag has to go back to the drawing board and think okay that happened um I think certain players need dropping and swapping out we do have a squad um let me just check something actually because I was thinking about Donny van der Beek today um he is still on the injury list Yes, he's got a knock still, so that's that's unfortunate. Because um, I was thinking, you know, if you drop, if you drop uh, Bruno and McTominay, who do you put in? My answer is Casemiro and Donny. Casemiro did come on, but uh, Donny's still injured. So anyway, midfield problems, midfield problems still. So um, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute, and we'll do the. I guess I'll do the summary as the last thing because I'm not doing player ratings. Um, but best, our best player today probably Martial, just due to, due to the impact. Worst players is a tie between McTominay and Bruno for me. I would arguably say Bruno because of the of the way he gives the ball away. So, um, but nobody really had a great game today, did they? Apart from Anthony's goal, which was I'll talk about that in a minute. Anyway, let's take a break. We'll be back in a minute, and we'll continue.
Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K-U-K to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website. Uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk etalkuk you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20 percent off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscapes quality thanks very much to manscape for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with kualu you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to kualu to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for if you also subscribe to us at the ten dollar level tier that will get you that benefit that i've just mentioned and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a tv show and a general discussion on that show or a film review of your choice so if you if there's a tv show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it we can watch two episodes of that tv show or film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show Alright, let's return. Um, I won't be able to break down all these goals, because some of them were kind of similar anyway, weren't they? Like some of the Haaland goals, there was a Foden goal as well, that were just passed across the face of goal. Um, it's disappointing to see us concede goals like that again, because one thing I pointed out regularly in the Oli and Ralph era was we're not stopping the crosses and we're not clearing the ball away when it's crossed over, um, and we conceded a bunch of goals like that today. Um, but one thing that kind of, I don't, I don't usually recap bookings. I usually just say, oh, this player got booked for whatever. Obviously, if it's, a, if it's a red card, then I'll say, like, hey, is it a red card? And kind of look at that a bit more. Yellow card within two minutes for Delow on a foul. It was a foul on Graylish. Um, I think the referee got this one wrong. I think it was a foul. I'm not saying it wasn't. But I think I think sometimes for referees, you've got to realise this is, this is a derby. There's going to be some tackles that are a bit tastier. And it wasn't even really a bad... It wasn't even really really what I'd labelled as a bad foul. Um, I think it was just... They... 
you know, went head-to-head, they clashed. Um, Delow did still foul Graylish. I just don't think it was a yellow card. And I think that that possibly put... I think that put Delow on the edge for the rest of the game. Because then he's got to play, what, like, 89 or 88 minutes on a yellow card in a Manchester derby. Um, which is a team that does a lot of overlaps, and he's got to time his tackles well. So I think that maybe put Delow... I don't know about the whole team, but I think that put Delow on edge for the rest of the game that's a very very early booking so I, I think that sort of was a precedent for things to come maybe um then they scored um a goal with Foden again I don't remember all the specifics of the goals um then Malasia got booked Harlan scored two goals after that um and again some of these goals are very similar it's just it's just that that pass and move type stuff that we, we weren't closing down um both centre-backs were at fault for different goals. Midfield was, was at fault for different goals. Um, so, yeah, that just... It was what it was. Uh, one of the Haaland goals here, I think the... The second or the third one um, was a header from a corner that we just didn't quite clear. Um, one of the other ones, I think it was Foden's second one, which was the fourth goal. Um, we... Malasir tried to clear it off the line. Um, they didn't go to goal line technology, but... You know the referee's got his watch that beeps, doesn't it? If uh, if the ball goes over the line, the referee's watch beeps. So, um, which means there's probably something in that in that football, which is which is kind of interesting. There's like a little, I think there's like a little tracker or something in the football. I don't know, but anyway. Um, so that was a couple of those goals. Then Varane did get an injury, kind of twisted his ankle, so that was unfortunate. Uh, Lindelof was brought on. Uh, Maguire wasn't on the bench. I think he's actually injured because uh, he got injured playing for England. Um, so. Yeah, everybody's on edge now. Like, Alvaran got injured. He he did get brought back on um, until Lindelof actually was subbed on for him completely. Um, but, yeah, one, one, one thing my United fans have been kind of saying for a while is like, okay, Varane Martinez, solid centre-back partnership. If one of them gets injured, Maguire probably gets brought back in. But Maguire's also injured. Because I'm going to guess that if Maguire wasn't injured, he would have been on the bench in place of somebody else. And he probably would have been subbed on. Um, and as I've simply said, as bad as Maguire is individually as a footballer, which he has been, he's just gotten worse and worse, the actual system and tactics that Ten Hag uses, main, the, one of the main things is the higher line that we play, Maguire can't do it. He can't do it. He's just too slow to run back. Um, so we'll, we'll see how, how that goes. Uh, maybe we'll have Martinez and uh, Lindelof on Thursday. So... We shall see. We shall see. Um, so that was the first sub, but that was due to an injury. And then Foden scored another goal. That was at half-time. Uh, there's a particular thing I want to note with the... I think it's City's last goal with Foden. There's something that our players did, which I wasn't happy with, uh, that I'll talk about soon. Uh, then half-time came and went. Substitution, Luke Shaw on for Malasia. I'm not completely sure as to why. Um, but that was the decision that was made. Maybe he's saving Malasia for Thursday, or I'm not really sure why that was. Um, so it's not the worst choice Tenor could have made. And I suppose it's that point where you're being dominated in the game, you're 4-0 down at half-time. Um, what substitutions are actually going to turn around a 4-0 def- deficit? I don't know. So that's that's what it is. Um, then, out of nowhere, 56 minutes... Um, Anthony scoring a cracking goal, um, and I sort of like because I did cheer because it was not not because like yes it's four one we're back in the game but it was sort of I don't know it's just a br- sometimes you just celebrate just because the goal is brilliant even if it's four five six one afterwards 
Um, what a goal. What a goal from Anthony. Um, one thing that's been kind of talked about and noted with him is he seems a bit hesitant in a lot of the games, apart from the Arsenal goal where he had a bit more space, which he just he ran into space on the ball when he scored his first goal. He seems a bit cautious to take people on. Um, I don't know if that's a quality issue, a confidence issue, if that's a Premier League adjustment type thing. I, I don't really know what that is. Hopefully he's working on that. But he got a bit of the confidence out of nowhere. Ericsson passed it to him. Um, I know that because it says it here. And then just whipped one into the bottom corner. Um, I think it was simply a case where Man City 4-0 up, very, very comfortable, sit off a bit. I mean, it's something that Pep won't be happy with. He's like, hey, you lot fell asleep. And you let in a goal. You still won the game 6-3. But, you know, it's not good to kind of fall off like that. Um, but no, just what what a, what a shot. We we know he's capable. So, um, good. Want, want to see more of that? M more of it in when it makes more of a difference. But we know you can do it. So, um, we look forward to seeing seeing more of that. And uh, that, was, that, was, that was a brilliant goal. Regardless of like everything else that happened in this game, that was still a phenomenal goal. So, um, very, very well taken, very, very well hit. But have a bit of confidence about yourself, Anthony. Um, you know, again, I, I do think at times, like, okay, is, is Delo making enough of the overlapping runs? Is he getting enough of the supporting runs? Because one thing that will help both wingers, which is Sancho and Anthony, when they get the ball on the byline... And they're edging towards the goal. They're edging towards it. There's maybe one, maybe two players trying to wait for that interception. The midfield's got to, got to run towards it. They got we got to, and that's one thing we massively, massively, massively lack today is any sort of overlapping runs, supportive runs, pass and move. I mean, look at the way Man City passed this ball around. Pass and move, pass and move, supporting runs, running, running, running. Um, it's not all just about speed. It's about just it's a team game, isn't it? You know, um, if, if if we get to the situation that we're, we we put ourselves in today, which is Sancho and Anthony get the ball on the edge of the box, and nobody's moving, and no nobody's running towards Sancho, nobody's running past Sancho, nobody's there's no move, there wasn't enough movement. Man City are just gonna sit there, sit back and think, okay, we're falling up. You, yeah, do do what, try something, try it. You know, and when Man City are in a situation where they're doing that, and we're just stagnant standing still um it's not going to cause them a problem is it and what what do we what do we expect <sighs> you know when anthony's got two players on him which for the most part that happened um with all our players you know a couple of players went and marked the main night players out of the game what are we expecting him to do you know um that's where he's got he's got to pass the ball to somebody make a run maybe make a dummy run Possible to somebody else. P pass and move, pass and move. I go on about it all the time, but um, and it's been better in the Ten Hag era, but not today, not today. And I'm not, ju I'm not just talking about like, okay, Anthony's got the ball. Everybody run towards the goal. You got to do coordinated runs and supportive runs as well. Um, it's not just the case of somebody running past a player. It's about like, you know, if Ericsson, for example, runs up towards Anthony. He can then pass it to him. Anthony can make a run. Ericsson can pass it to somebody else. And you just see the way that City do it today. And again, I don't want to be impressed by it. But from a pure, pure footballing perspective, it is very impressive to watch. Um, just their energy and the, the pass and move and everything like that. Um, so yeah. But anyway, that's the Anthony goal. Uh, then Casemiro on to McTominay. Thank God. 
and Martial on for Rashford. Two subs which I very much agree with. Two subs that I would have made as well. Because again I've spoken before about when I'm in the moment watching the game. Subs that I would make. The subs that Tenaga is going to make is going to be sometimes different. But if you make a substitution that I either agree or disagree with but it works out. As long as the team does well and wins that that's all that matters. Um, or a substitution leads to something successful. Um, but good on both those accounts with this because uh, I would have brought on Casemiro from McTominay and I would have brought on, on yeah probably would have brought on Martial for Rashford in this game so uh, I agree with those and it worked out because Martial scored two goals which was very very good so on that part on that little piece of this game very very good very happy with that no complaints there then Haaland scored another goal which I can't remember um <laughs> so just 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 another one just another one to add i just want to quickly say as well i can't remember what the premier league record is for goals in a season it's probably 30 something there's 38 games in a season eight games have gone so there's 30 games left and harland has got 14 goals which is impressive the season doesn't finish until May. Granted, there's going to be breaks. There's going to be stupid international breaks in the World Cup. The season doesn't finish until May. It is the 2nd of October. There's been 8 games and Haaland's got 14 goals. Providing he doesn't get injured. Um, and he's Man City's main man. I don't know who their other striker is, by the way. But, well, they they almost won the league or whatever without a striker. So, they're... That's not that's not a problem for them really. Haaland is just a bonus to Man City. You know they can probably win this league without him, but he certainly helps. He certainly helps, doesn't he? Um, fourteen goals in eight games. How many does everybody think he's going to end up with? Um, because if the average is thirty something, and the highest goals I've seen I remember seeing scored in the league for the last couple of years. Is between 18 and what 23 or something about 22 23 goals a season he's got 14 already so let's let's say 22 is the average highest that a player gets because I, I remember I think seeing Salah or Kane or whatever got like 22 23 so it's, it's around that range in the league maybe maybe a little bit more you give him six more goals he's got 20 and I just said 22 and there's only 8 out of 38 games that have gone by. <laughs> Again, I don't really want Man City to win stuff. But it's very impressive. It, it's fast. That's where you've got to like... I've got to take my rivalry towards Man City aside. And just, just from a football stats perspective... That's very impressive. And it, it's, it's, it's so interesting to watch, isn't it? And the question now is just like... Okay, 8 games, 14 goals... He got another hat trick today. I think he's got like two or three hat tricks so far this season, something like that. It's 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 incredible. Um, how many is he got to end up with? And there's probably people making bets and things like that on it. Um, he only needs six more goals to get to twenty, and the average I've seen for the season is about maybe twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he might end up with quite a few. Some people have said like he's going to end up with forty goals. He might end up with more than I. I mean, who knows? Who knows? There's another thirty games of football, and each of those thirty games contains ninety minutes of play time of uh, game time. Um, 
And when he scored his last goal in this game, it was the 64th minute. Granted, this game was a bit different to some of the others, but uh, yeah, um, it's it's it, it's fascinating from a football side of things, isn't it? It's absolutely fascinating. So, um, I'm I'm kind of settled on the idea that okay, Man City again probably will win it. It's probably a case of okay, there's one thing that's almost guaranteed, which is City winning this league unless something really weird happens. Um, but. On top of watching that happen again, how many goals is Harlan going to get? Um, I don't know. Everybody, give me a guesses. Remember, the average I've seen is 23 or so, um, and Harlan's already on 14. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite something. I mean, you can't deny the guy's talent, you know. And there was a discuss. There's been discussion before about foreign players and like, oh, you know, he's gone and scored those goals in the Bundesliga at Germany. That's a different thing. This is his first season. There has been no settle-in period or or anything like that. Um, I mean, if you think about players like Diego Forlan that we had, it took him a bit of time to start getting scoring goals, but once he started, it didn't stop. But there's there's been no sort of like warming up period for Haaland. He's he's already going. He he's already on it. Another hat trick today. So anyway, um, then Fred on for Sancho, and that's probably an energy thing. Again, one of the things I said I think a few games ago is when you need those legs late on in the game 70th plus minute maybe 60 78 minutes and you want some you want somebody to just run around and get stuck in um and Fred didn't he get kind of a technically he technically got an assist for Martial's goal because he tried to shoot and then Martial headed the goal in which we'll talk about in a minute um but yeah Fred did all right he did all right he has if that's Fred's purpose in the team which is to be subbed on late in a game and run around and cause problems and tackle people he seems to be decent at it um so keep doing that I don't want to see Fred starting games because we've seen what that ends up like so if that's his purpose in the team I mean he's lucky still to be playing for Man United let's be honest so he's got to take that so um then I th- I think it was this goal, the the one one of the ones I've got a, a bit of a problem with. Okay, it's already what was it five one at that point. The balls played into I think it was Harland. Um, he finds Foden in a bit of space because our our team's just completely switched off and whatever by this point, especially our defence in midfield. The ball gets passed through to Foden. And he, I think he took like one one touch and he kicked it in straight away. It was very quick. All of those Man United players standing there, I think almost all of them, they all stopped and put their hands up. I remember when um, Ryan Giggs used to play for us, obviously a long time ago. He used to do something similar, and he used to re- even back then, even what was that, ten, fifteen or so years, however many years ago that was. Giggs would do something where usually he'd be playing on the left, right. He'd put a cross in, and usually with the right back or centre back or whoever's tried to block the Giggs's cross, he'll put the cross in. It will hit that player, that that defender, and go out for a throw, or maybe it will stay in play or whatever. Giggs would stop on the spot, put his hand up to say, "Oh, that player's handballed my cross." I don't care what happens in the game, whether it's an offside, foul, handball, whatever it is. You do not stand on the spot and put your hand up. Because with with this goal, 
and almost every single time Giggs did that, what would happen is Giggs would be stood still on the spot. He would physically stop moving, put his hand up to go, oh, ref, it was a handball or whatever whatever the case may be. Usually handball because that was what he thought happened from his cross. The, the opposition, whoever it was, would then get the ball back and then just start an attack. Again, f- football's about, like, one element in football. You don't, you don't, you don't stop for things like that. Um, you don't, st- you don't ever stop moving in football, whether it's defensively or attacking. You, you don't, don't stand around. That's not something you're supposed to do, um, because the moment you do that, and Foden probably thought, oh, they've all stood on the spot. I'm just gonna score a goal. <laughs> um, like, I don't care if the score is ten one, one nil. We're winning four one. I don't care what the score is. You do not stand on the spot and stop and put your hand up. And it wasn't just one player. This isn't this isn't a point where you can pick on somebody. All of them did it, and there was about four or five United players there. They all stopped and they all put their hand up. I do not care what the score is. I do not care if it's twenty nil, fifteen nil, ten nil, six one. I don't care what the score is. I don't care if we're winning eight nil, five nil. You do not stop and put your hand up because when you do that, if the ref doesn't immediately stop the game, if the ref doesn't stop the game, obviously if the ref stops the game, then you stop and you reconvene and do whatever set piece is taking place if the referee doesn't stop the game you shouldn't stop moving because all that happens then is the opposition when they when they get the ball in that situation like Foden got the ball here realizes okay the ref's not stopped the game I in this moment am going to catch these main United players out they've all stopped they've all got their hands up and they scored a goal you do not do that in football um and it and I remember I didn't watch footballers maybe deeply is what I, what I do now obviously I have the podcast for it and that and I wasn't doing it back then when Giggs was playing even then when Giggs did it it used to annoy me um, when I see other players do it it annoys me you don't you don't stop and put your hand up just don't do it because then the opposition is going to realise that you've done that because um, it's obvious and then they're just going to they're just going to keep going and in this in this case it resulted in a goal so again we still probably would have lost this game if that didn't happen um but it's also kind of a bit of a mentality thing. So, anyway. Uh, then they made a bunch of subs just showing their depth in squad. They brought on Laporte, they brought on Alvarez, they brought on Mares, they brought on Palmer. I don't know who that is, but uh, Mares as well. All very talented players showing their depth in their squad. Then, for the last five minutes, we decided to actually play a bit more football. Uh, Martial scoring um, a goal. Uh, Fred getting the ball passed through to him. Edison parried it away. Martial, header sort of goal and then uh, Martial wins a penalty and scores it as well um, I suppose the question is going to arise after this does Martial have a place in this team um, he's still quite how old is Martial he's still pretty young isn't he 26 okay so he should probably start thinking about where he's going to kick his career on from now because the ages of 25 to 30 which he's in the age bracket is supposed to be your sort of peak years of football not for Haaland, apparently, because Haaland is 22. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Haaland is, uh, has, has beaten those odds. But, um, he's got, gosh, he's got so long left to play football, isn't he, Haaland? He's going to get so many goals. Um, I mean, he looked, he looked up for it. He scored goals and he did well. And the idea of, okay, 
player who's been out of the team, been injured, been off form the last couple of seasons, had some moments, had some goals, done some things, but not, not been consistent enough. You bring him off the bench to make him have an impact, and he does do that. Um, given the situation with Ronaldo, given... I, I, I would possibly try starting Martial on um, Thursday. I think I would try to do that. And Ten Hag is still in that, in, still in that period... Because even though we have watched this team play for, for years and that, Ten Hag has got to do his own experiments within the team. Martial is part of that. Every player is part of that. Who is the best player for him to play up front? You know, is it Ronaldo? Is it Rashford? Is it is it Martial? Um, given that he's come back from injury, he's scored a goal, and he's he's looking a bit more up for it, just try him out on Thursday. The, the, most, the worst that can happen is he has a bad game and you sub him off. Um... But then, hey, if he has a bad game and Rashford thinks, oh, I didn't quite do it enough in the City game. If Rashford gets bought on and he scores a goal on Thursday, then that's great. Um, if the same thing happens with Ronaldo, then that's great. But um, I would, because we haven't, he hasn't really had the Ten Hag chance yet, Martial. Um, so I I would just, yeah, just test it out, start him on, start him on Thursday. Um, so see how that goes. But he looked more up for it. He scored two goals. Um, very good penalty as well, by the way. So, yeah, good stuff from Martial. Anyway, um, so those were some of the subs. I've talked about some of those. Um, not doing play ratings today or anything like that. Let's go to... Um, what do we usually do after this? I haven't done play ratings. So, um, just to mention who was on the bench. It was Casemiro, who was brought on. Alanga, Fred, who was brought on. Keaton... Uh, Lindelof, who was brought on, Marshall, who was brought on, scored two goals. Palestri, Ronaldo, and Luke Shaw, who also made an appearance. Uh, unavailable is Dubravka, who's the Newcastle goalkeeper on loan. Um, Maguire, who's injured, Williams, who's injured, and Van der Beek, who's also injured as well. So that's that for today. It's disappointing. We have to take it on the chin and move forward. There's nothing we can do about it now. Look forward to Thursday. Look forward to Sunday, where we play Everton. By the way, that game next Sunday against Everton is at 7 o'clock. That's really strange. Because um, usually, to the football schedule I usually understand is, so Saturdays you've got the lunchtime kickoff half 12, then you've got a bunch of 3 o'clock kickoffs, then you've got the half 5 one. Sunday you've got 2 or 3 games usually, some of them at 2, some of them at half 4. This was one was at 2 today. And then midweek games usually are always at like 7.45, 8 o'clock, maybe quarter past 8 on the other, on, on the odd occasion. 7 o'clock is a very weird time. I don't know why that's happened um, necessarily. Uh, but there's going to be a bit, bit of a fixture pile up. Of course, we didn't play the Palace games. We didn't play the Leeds game. Still got to play the Europa League game. Still got to play Carabao Cup at one point. Still got to jump into FA Cup. Um, the World Cup is coming up. There's, there's going to be a lot going on. So we'll see how it all goes. Anyway... Um, disappointed, not angry, just disappointed today. Um, it's a bad result, but we do what we do and, and we and we move on from it. Um, I suppose that the question arises now: Liverpool don't seem like they can stop City, um, unless something major turnaround happens there. Can Arsenal do it? They are actually above Man City in the league. If we take a look at the league table here. Both played the same amount of games. Both played eight games. Arsenal are a point in front, which is a lot because obviously City won the league by one point last season, so it makes all the difference. 
Um, can Arsenal stop them? Can Tottenham do anything? I, I don't quite think Tottenham quite look like they're there. Um, who else can stop City? Because if we look at Liverpool, Liverpool are on 10 points with a game in hand. City are on 20. But remember, uh, uh, City have got that little player called Erling Haaland. Um, so they've got their... He, he's been like nicknamed as a cheat code, you know, like in video games where you put you know, type in some codes and you get like unlimited health in GTA or something, uh, which is kind of funny. So, um, we are on 12 points, we are sitting at 6th, but we do have a game in hand over Tottenham, so we could jump into the top 4 if we win our next game. Uh, Leicester at the bottom, 7 games played, 1 point. Surely uh, Brendan Rodgers is up for a sack soon. Anyway, that's it for today from me, uh, thank you all very much for listening, disappointing. Um, but we move on from it, um, and we'll see how it all goes. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments about today, uh, or about, did you think played bad, what do you think of the goals, all that type of stuff, uh, what do you think of Man City, how many goals do you think Haaland's going to get, um, because in two weeks time he might already be on 20. <laughs> we, we, we could be at the end of October and Haaland's got like 20 goals already this season. Um, it's going to be fascinating to watch, it's going to be fascinating to watch, so... Um, and even though Man City have got a lot of money, I hope you didn't give him a goal bonus. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, Matthew and Entertainment Talk dot org, Twitter e Talk UK, there's a contact page information in your show notes, email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email name in your show notes. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on Entertainment Talk dot org, TV, games, films, main live podcast. Take a look out for that as well. Tell other people about the website and what we do, where they can find it, social media. Um, just tell them where we are, what we do, all that good stuff. EntertainmentTalk.org, podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk. Get involved and support us if you'd like to. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for the free podcast review options. Have a look out for those as well. Uh, Geektown.credit UK, Geektown Radio. Geektown Radio posts on Tuesdays. That's for your TV and your film news. Geektown, uh, all that good stuff. TV, film news. Um, Renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, film news, all that good stuff over there. So check out Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays and geektown.co.uk. Bex, who's also part of all this as well, she streams very regularly, pretty much daily over on Twitch. Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Uh, you can find her across social media and mainly streaming on Twitch. So go and check out what she's doing. Little Nightmares 2, brilliant game. Um, fun to watch her play that as well. Classic games, retro streams, chat streams. Uh, head over to Bex's Twitch channel. If you want to watch me as well on Twitch, eTalk UK, streaming Wednesdays and Fridays from 8. Wednesdays, obviously more related to this. Football, my FIFA career mode episode. I could win the Champions League and the Premier League. Um, and I don't have Erling Haaland. I do have Lewandowski, but I don't have Erling Haaland. So see how that goes. Wednesdays from 8 for FIFA career mode episodes. About two or three games a week is what I'm aiming to do at the moment. And then Fridays, double streams, Last of Us Part 1. And then relaxing with some Dreamlight Valley, Disney's Dreamlight Valley. If you miss any of those streams or the game clips or anything else, YouTube Entertainment Talk plays. So if you've missed any of the parts or any of those things, YouTube Entertainment Talk plays. And for the dozens and dozens of game clips over there. Thanks for watching. I will see you all later for Gaming Talk, which we'll still be doing later. And then for our next episode, Walker Dead's back next week. And we'll see what else happens. But thanks for listening. A uh, bunch of Last of Us episodes, by the way. Breakdown of the trailer and review for the Part 1 game. Um, check out those as well if you'd like to. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.